Space Action Podcast! With your hosts, Chris Carson and DC and Shaba. The first discovery was made in the spring of 1990. From a mine in South America came a piece of amber containing the fossilized remains of a prehistoric mosquito. One of many that had fed upon the blood of dinosaurs. From the DNA in that blood, science was able to recreate those giants. And for the first time, man and dinosaur shared the Earth. It happened at a place called Jurassic Park. This summer, director Steven Spielberg will take you there. Welcome to Space Action Podcast, a division of Space Action Heroes, a webcomic you can find at spaceactionheroes.com. I'm DC and Shama. I'm Chris Carson. And this week we are doing a retrospective look back on the Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Saga. Happy 25th anniversary, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Silver anniversary to Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. This is it. Cheers. So, um, I guess a good way to start is to just talk about uh, our first experiences with Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Did you know anything about it, like, before it came out, or was it just... Because you're a Spielberg fan, where you're like, oh, it's his next big film, or... Well, here's the thing. I'm gonna... I'm not looking forward to the fact that I have to date myself right now, Mm -hmm. but I was, uh, 11 when Jurassic Park came out. Um, 10 when it was, like, being announced and all the trailers and stuff were, were starting... And I remember to this day, I was really into the Flintstones, because it was oh. really, it was the only way to see dinosaurs right. as a kid, right? And I remember being told, there's a new movie coming out called Jurassic Park, and I was like, oh, who gives a shit about that? There's a Flintstones movie coming out. Is, do, are you aware that there's a Flintstones movie coming out, people? And then, and then the trailer started, and, because uh, I wasn't really a big, I don't think I even was aware of Steven Spielberg as a person at 10 years old, right? Like, I, I was like, Indiana Jones is great, but I didn't know of He wasn't this like man a house. Of, right. I think I did, because I remember... I remember, like, for me, whenever... For me, when I was a kid, uh, it was all about uh, E.T. I was a giant E.T. nerd. Okay, E.T. was um, 84? E.T. was... Oh, God, come on, IMDb. Throw me a bone here. But I, I honestly, like, it's so long ago now to date myself again. I honestly can't remember if I was, like, if I loved Indiana Jones and by extension was, like, Steven Spielberg's great or if I just loved Indiana Jones. Mm. I honestly don't remember. But I certainly knew who Steven Spielberg was after Jurassic Park. Oh, and Hook. <laughs> Hook was the other one. Hook came out... Hook was 91. 91. Here's the one right before uh, Jurassic Park. And I remember I didn't like... Even as a kid, I didn't like Hook. <gasps> Yeah, I really, you take that back. I, I saw Last Crusade in theaters, but again, I'm, I just you know what I probably did. I, if I asked my parents, they probably would be like, "Yeah, you knew who Steven Spielberg was." But my memory is is more connected to the material until I got older okay. than the people who made it. I remember vividly being talking to my sister once and being like, "Man, you know, it'd be amazing if there was a movie directed by Steven Spielberg and like written by George Lucas. They should do that." And she was like, <laughs> "Are you fucking serious, dude?" Like. You've watched Indiana Jones, like, yeah. you know what? Just, I'm going to let him figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Raiders always held a special place in my heart because it's my birth movie. It came out the year I was born. Oh. So it's always, like, uh, it's 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 my always been my sort of... Well, it was a good year for everybody. <laughs> um, I remember I wanted to see Jurassic Park so badly because I, like, a How lot of... How old were you? 
Uh, ninety three opened six. Six. Yeah. I, I think I, I was such a little pussy when I was a kid. I, <laughs> I don't think I could handle Jurassic Park at six. Oh my god, I was a dinosaur diehard. Though. Yeah. There was this series of books, and anyone listening will remember this. These uh, they came bound. I don't know if you remember dinosaurs, and they had three D glasses in them. And each uh, issue came with a piece of a dinosaur, a glow-in-the-dark T-Rex skeleton that you could get the skin that went on top okay. and paint it. It was like early Marvel toys. Uh, you, get, you can collect Thanos if you buy 18 figures. Oh, literally, it was like one dude. of those things. But like, that's what kind of kept you invested in buying them. So I think that was around the same time. Anyway, there was a massive dinosaur explosion in the early 90s, this, okay. this newfound interest. I guess because Michael Crichton's book. And I, then... I, well, that probably was what it was. Yeah, because that and was then huge. It, was... And then Spielberg was like, oh, there's money to be made here. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have the Spielberg story of how he first heard about that from when you're done. Um... And I remember my mom when didn't want me to see it. She's like, "It's too scary. It's too scary." It's and I violent. was, I was dying. Like my sister saw it. She's like, "It's pretty rough. Like there's some pretty gory bits." And there's I was a like, white hand that falls on Ellie Sattler. <laughs> there's a white plastic <laughs> hand. Um, and I, I remember so vividly. Uh, you know, everything's honky dory up until the T Rex paddock scene. And right whenever Lex goes, where's the goat? My sister Boom. clapped her hand over my eyes. And I remember so vividly, I pulled her hand away because I knew something good was coming. And just in time to see the goat like go like, slap on top. And yeah. my head exploded like in a good way where I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And that T-Rex head comes into view. You finally see yep. that big reveal. And right away, I was like, I love this movie. It's, it's I'm delivering. In, I'm sold. I'm sold. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, I think cause my first experience with, with it was... Uh, it's now 25 years old people have seen it so many times you forget how suspenseful it was the yep. first time because the first time they approached the T-Rex paddock I was like on the edge of my seat as a little kid I was like oh my god what's going to happen I know they're not going to break out yet because I know that's what's going to happen eventually but is he going to jump out and scare it's going to be a little tease right because the music just cuts out it's all just foley of jungle sounds and they're going around then the goat comes out <sighs> And just I, I remember just being like, it is suspenseful as shit. And the first time you see that Muldoon movie, Muldoon has that line. They're approaching that tyrannosaur pad. So you're like, quiet, if this, everyone, dude, if this yeah. dude's freaked out, then like I don't. That, you're right. The tension yeah. in that scene is great. That, the tension in that movie is palatable. But you know what it, I it love evaporates about that on scene? second viewing. It's the sexual tension. Have you ever seen? If you look very closely, there's that 360 shot around the back of the Ford, hmm. and I believe it's Grant. No, uh, uh, Malcolm moves over, and Grant's got his hand up. Oh, when they're looking for the Delo- or when they're, they're looking the for the T-Rex. T-Rex, and Goldblum like slips his hand ever so gently onto Sam Neill's, and then really? realizes and pulls his hand away. I never noticed that. <laughs> okay, wait, keep, keep going. Well, well, now we're on the topic of sexual tension. I think it's time to bring up my Jurassic Park drinking game. Oh, right, go for it. Because I noticed something. I've seen this movie more times than I can even remember, but I was rewatching it for this podcast, and. The, the drinking game is tentatively titled the Jurassic Park Jurassic Park drinking game because the number of times the camera lingers with someone's ass like center of the shot so your eye is drawn to it is insane it's beyond belief it, it starts with Muldoon's clenched little buttocks as he's looking at the, uh, the raptor uh, being put into the paddock and then it's just butt after butt after butt. <laughs> and when I got here and I told you about this, you pointed something out, which is great, of at the end of the movie, the mud splattered on the logo when they opened the Jeep door to kind of like juxtapose to the original Jeep door opening of the clean logo, says, your ass park. So it had to be intentional. <laughs> like, I'm thinking maybe because, like, again, Spielberg only made this movie to get funding for Schindler's List. And I'm wondering if they just had a, a decision, like, during a bullpen where, like, Hey, do you want to make this all about asses? That'd be funny. 
I want, but like. <laughs> That, that's my my brain's trying to make like some some deep correlation. I'm like, what does the prehistoric age have to oh, say about the posterior? Yes. <laughs> We're the only mammal with a fleshy buttocks. Maybe it's it's commentary <laughs> commentary on that. <laughs> the vulnerability of a fleshy butt. <laughs> what I find really interesting about that movie is the phenomenon that fall. Like no one was ready for it. Oh no, it, it, no and, one was ready for it. It was the first time in so long that we actually questioned how did they do that? Yeah, that's people right. didn't even know about CGI. They're nope. like, wait, was this a puppet? Was this a, how did they do it? And it still holds up, man. Like, oh fuck yeah, it's crazy. Like the two scenes I can think of that jump to mind are the Brachiosaurus reveal and whenever the T Rex pops out and eats the Gallimimus, uh, or the T Rex steps between the two jeeps too. Well. You know, in CGI, it's kind of, it's easy to you know hide stuff in darkness. Darkness. That stark light, though, whenever it's the uh, the headlights as it walks past that shot of uh, Goldblum and uh, Sam Neill in the car from behind. Yeah, yeah. And he's in the headlights. That looks insanely That's amazing. Good. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like I always found, honestly, the uh, the the Brachiosaurus at the beginning to be a little wonky. Even back in '93, I was like, is eleven year old? I was going, this is the first dinosaur shot. Because it looks a little wonky, because they fixed it now in the Blu-ray release, but oh. it used they to... They upgraded in the Blu-ray? Well, they didn't change the animation, they just changed a bit of the... Like, you can tell they messed around with the contrast. Gotcha. To make the blacks a little blacker, and the... Because the, the, it always seemed so washed out. Mm -hmm. It always seemed a little, like, why is all the shadows gray, but the shadows on Grant and Ellie are, like, mm. deep black shadows? So it always kind of caught my eye, and they've kind of fixed it a little bit. But um, still, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And that's one of my favorite things is the about that movie is it's almost a meta commentary about like they knew exactly in terms of like evolution mm -hmm. technology that we're not ready for and like you Humans know playing god he, yeah there there was so much like uh for like foreshadowing for like the next couple decades oh, for sure and gene of genetic research yeah. uh, uh, in terms of our our culture in terms of movies in terms of medical science like it was insane that movie i think that's why it has so much lasting power oh for sure is because you know, there's that great moment whenever uh, I think I'm, I'm out of the job. You mean extinct? Which is from Phil behind the Tippett. scenes, yeah. Because Phil, poor Phil Tippett, worked yeah. his ass off making those stop motion Island dinosaurs slithered in. And That's stole right. His job, yeah. and then they literally just were like, "Well, we can do this with CGI." And what I find so ballsy about that movie is that you know that they were just like, "How are we going to do it with computers?" They're like, "Just don't worry, film the movie like." The dinosaurs well, are there, and we'll figure it out. But they were—they already flat. had the shots almost finished for the stop motion. Mm. They're all on the Blu-ray. You can see the yeah, yeah. shots with the raptors with the serpent tongues, and they look a little jerky. They don't look. Oh, the serpent tongue raptors are from because Phil Tippett did a, uh, an animatic storyboard. Oh, so that wasn't the final one. That wasn't the final. The okay. final shots are a separate thing entirely because they were just because they're all in front of like blue screen. Right? I think I've Obviously. seen the T Rex walk, walk cycle. Um, yep. That but, was one. But they did look a little jerky. They did. They did. Uh, wouldn't have been the same movie at all. But I, I just, I find it really interesting that you you don't get to the MCU without Jurassic Park. Oh, for sure. You, know, right? you, don't, get, you don't get like 80%, 90% of the movies that have come out in the last 25 years without that film. Yep, agreed. And I think one of the greatest failings of these new Jurassic Park movies is Jurassic Park changed the way the average person saw a dinosaur mm. like in 1992 we still had the public image of like dragging its tail being slow and lumbering this was the first time they really said no 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 we're going to use the most modern paleontology to show them as the birds they were the mm -hmm. fast vicious smart intelligent animals yeah. they were and then the new movies have just kind of kept them the same. they haven't kept modern archaeology in the picture they're not feathered they're not there's nothing original about yeah. them like you know what I mean well and that's the problem like I think the first one has such a pertinent 
message. Like you can't you know? change them now, but and, then that and, stunts it. But it's also like, yeah, like you can't really go anywhere. Like now, let's be fair. Just like Aliens is about aliens, Jurassic Park is about dinosaurs. This yeah. franchise might as well be called Dinosaurs. Dinosaur Park. <laughs> and there's nowhere really to go well, after could... the first one. Like they get out, don't go to the island. Okay, so the next three movies, we keep going back Somehow to the getting, fucking yeah. island. And I'm like, there's there's no reason or for it anymore. So literally just, like, where else can we put a dinosaur? Uh, San Diego? Okay. Where else can we yeah. put a dinosaur? Uh, in a birdcage. They're big yeah. pterodactyls now. Well, I, I'm, the, I'm the one person who actually does enjoy, on a, on a superficial level, Jurassic World. We'll get to that. Sure. You know how much I... I, I you I, hate I, it. I, Everyone hates it. the one thing I hate about you, Chris Carson. I'm the only person among... <laughs> like, I don't think I have a single friend who doesn't think less of me for digging that movie. It's so weird because you're very, usually very opinionated. Oh, for sure. Stuff, and that movie is just wrought with like, ew, and you love it. <laughs> I, think the reason I, the, I think the reason I like it so much is that it, it, uh, it, ta- it takes the... Like, the whole message of the first movie was humans shouldn't mess around with nature. The whole message of Jurassic Park was uh, corporations are ruining movies. And I think I liked that. Ooh. I kind of dug that a little bit, that, like, they were having, like, the Pepsi-Cola T-Rex exhibit and shit. I kind of liked that that, that, so, that meta-commentary of it. I appreciated. I didn't think of that. But, like, it's really on the nose when I think of that Mark Maron-looking hipster who's wearing the OG Jurassic Park. Right. Movie. He's like, the original that, one's yeah, better. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I get it. That's me. <laughs> I kind of like the... And I like the, that how smart that is from a, from a, a creation standpoint. Of, yeah. You're making the movie going... Well, we're going to get money from these sponsors, but we're not going to tell them that we're going to be making fun of them. It's almost Wayne's World. It is. Yeah, you know? that's fair. But uh, I was really disappointed that they didn't uh, modernize the dinosaurs. Like, it's supposed to be all new dinosaurs. It's supposed to be all new bred dinosaurs back on the original island. So why not have them more accurate to what we now believe dinosaurs looked like and how they acted? I you think know? it'd be too silly, man. To see, I I think a feathery. I think if they you ever did seen it right, a feathered T Rex, it looks for goddamn ridiculous. I think they look cool just because. I think they look cool because they look like like weird monsters instead like I think we're just so used to how they look. I bet you it's a time thing. They're just like, you know what? It takes way longer to render all the hair in this shit. No Maybe. one's ex- no one's expecting it, so why put in the effort? But I think I think a feathered velociraptor would look awesome because what's oh, scarier than a terror bird? Well, that. they, they had little mohawks. They had little mohawks. And but they if talked. they actually if they actually gave them like the down of a of a roadrunner, because that's how they're always explained. Like Richard Backer, the guy, the paleontologist who did all the research for the movie the originally in '93, mm. always describes raptors as essentially like emus from hell. Roadrunners from Hell. Yeah, like that sounds awesome. That does, yeah, yeah. And speaking of feathers, though, I want to I want to bring up a, a, a funny sociological thing because they found a T Rex skin imprint. Yes. And everyone, all of a sudden, there were a hundred million articles of like, turns out the T Rex wasn't feathered after all. You're, you know, your childhood's safe. Turns out they're fine. But then the people who published that report were like, did you read the report? The skin we found was from its underarm, mm. where we believed, like an ostrich, it didn't have feathers anyways. It right. doesn't change anything Also, about who are these our people feathers? who were fucking like, up at night crying about T-Rex about, having right? feathers and shit? Like, chill the fuck out. Maybe it was a slow news cycle, but I remember <laughs> all the articles being like, your childhood is safe. And was, but, but they're like, we still found feathers feathers around some of the fossils on a T-Rex like this is from a part of the body we never thought had feathers anyways you weirdos read the article Good lord can someone please bomb a country so we can have something <laughs> to talk about this week talk about fucking dinosaur feathers god damn it oh did you see that prehistoric bird they found in amber no oh god did it's they awesome. seriously find an entire prehistoric bird in amber yeah it, it's a baby 
It's all furry, but it has a face like a dinosaur. It's oh so creepy. It's so unsettling and creepy. That's why I Whoa. think Jurassic World really missed the mark of making it. Like I know they wanted to make money and make it as superficial as possible, but um, like the psychological aspect of a feathered dinosaur, I think is it's so horrific. They could have really done something with that. You really want this feathered dinosaur thing? Well, it's to happen. just the predators, right? right. Like, like Triceratops would be the same, Brachiosaurus, Brachiosaurus would be the same. same. But I love the idea of a feathered raptor and a feathered T. Rex. I think I, nothing's more terrifying. Have you if you've ever been in close proximity of an emu? They're fucking terrifying. When I was a kid in Cornwall, there was wild turkeys that would show up, and I agree, man. Like a pissed off bird is. They're fucking scary. Terrifying. Yeah, yeah, they're mean. And every surface is pointy. Right. Their beaks are pointy. Everything's sharp. Yeah, everything's sharp. Now imagine it that sucks. 30 feet tall. Like, <laughs> it's horrible. Like, I, would, I went to the ROM this week and looking at their T Rex stuff. Right. It's terrified. They're yeah. terrified monsters. Yeah. Giant, horrible birds. Now, back to the original, man. You were saying, you know, hmm. over before we started recording, you know, the lasting power of that movie, you know, if you want to compare it to another fucking Spielberg epic like Jaws. Hmm. There's mm, a, like doesn't really, really yeah. no. There's not a lot like really like the only arc I can think of in that kids, uh, movie is like Grant doesn't like kids. Now, now he, he likes, likes kids. kids. Yeah. <laughs> like that's pretty. It's pretty the weird. Characters are super shallow. Oh, and the thing I I remember rewatching it recently. One of the things I noticed the most is like getting to the island takes about twenty seconds. Hmm. We do the dinosaur show. Getting out of the island takes about twenty seconds, and I get it because it is the dinosaur show. Fly out, dinosaur yeah, show, no yeah. one. The second the fucking shit's done, we cut the dialogue and we just play John. John Williams plays us out. You see some birds. Half people be confused, thinking they're pterodactyls <laughs> for like a decade. <laughs> Like, no, remember the, that argument for yeah. sure. No, man, they're too dead. No, too dead. Just said the and back when we only had VHS, so it was like, it's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, they're birds. The whole point is they're evolved into birds. Yeah, anyways, people didn't get that visual thematic no. imagery. But. Not at all. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, that movie is really just... It, there's not a lot of substance to it. It's nope. visually astounding, but like when you really break down and take out, you know, how much you love the CGI and... Fuck, Stan... R.I.P. Stan Winston. Yeah. He's one of my fucking gods because the work he's done over the years it's amazing. is unparalleled. And that movie is like one of his triumphs, man. Oh, yeah. That T-Rex scale uh, uh, robot. Animatronic. When you, when you see the behind the scenes of it just chilling, like moving back and forth. They kept it breathing and moving between <sighs> takes to so keep cool. the actors like... Uh, intimidated by it. It's so cool. Yeah, so the behind the scenes oh. footage of them, but like they'll call cut and the T Rex will actually be the sitting there going, it's so cool. <sighs> Have you ever been on the uh, Universal ride? Oh, yeah. Like, just. Fuck, I, they're shutting it down. Why? Yeah, they're replacing it with a Jurassic World ride in October. I'm desperate to get to Universal before October. What's the Jurassic World ride? They haven't announced it yet. They just said Jurassic Park shutting down in October 2018, and then I think six months later they're opening the Jurassic World. See, that worries me because I was a big fan of Confrontation. The ride where you go, you're in a tram and you go through, and there was a King giant. Kong. Yeah, there was a giant animatronic King Kong, and now you know because everyone cheaps out and 3D's the thing. It's gonna be a video. Yeah, it's just a giant 3D video, and the the tram just rolls through now. It's gonna be for Jurassic Park, isn't so, it? So like, I kind of feel like the, the maintenance for those robots is probably too expensive. Oh. So they're like, fuck it, you know. <laughs> well, two things. One, um, that King Kong ride is what Spiel, uh, inspired Spielberg to hire. Um, that he wanted to get the crew who made the King Kong. That's puppet. right. But they couldn't. He they were too expensive, so that's why he got Stan Winston, because he he underbid them. And uh, the other one is someone filmed the Jurassic Park ride because they were there for the 25th anniversary like a month ago, and they put the they recorded the ride and put it online. And yeah, they're not even bothering to maintain it. Mm. Like the 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 um, uh, sauropods' necks are all like half crooked and bending. There was a point in the ride because when I lived in California, I went on that ride 
constantly. Yeah. And I would always hang out in the because uh, they actually rebuilt the part of the visitor center, the cafeteria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would just hang out, listen to Jurassic Park music in the visitor center. The John Hammond dialogue, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Richard Kiley. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> spared no expense, but. Um, there was a part of the ride where you come around the corner and like how the T-Rex pushes the car yes. off it would fall down yes. and the, the guy comes around the corner and it's just sitting at the bottom he's like oh they're not even they're not even uh, oh, running it anymore the last so time I, the last time I went it had been like maybe like eight years ago and mm. when it flipped it was like it just fucking almost made as little sense physically as the actual fucking car in the movie so okay here's an issue I'm sure everyone who likes Jurassic Park knows originally and in the book he pushed them off the other side of the road but I guess maybe the limitations of the set that they built they had to use the same side he broke out of but then suddenly where the T-Rex broke out of is like a 50-foot drop. It, it made no sense. That bugs the shit at me, but not as much as the car all smashed, sitting perpendicular in the tree. So the branch breaks, it drops down. Physics dictates the ass end would of that thing, which is, and it would fall out of the tree. But somehow yeah. this thing goes straight, straight down. down one side yeah. of the tree. And also logic dictates that you just have to move two inches around the tree. <laughs> go perpendicular. Yeah. Don't go straight down. <laughs> you could Fuck avoid. It. You're the worst the parent thing. figure, Doctor Grant. Yeah, but um, one day you're gonna get Billy killed. <laughs> oh. No, he'll come back. He'll be okay. I got. I saved your hat. All right, so now moving on to. Are we done with that one? Well, I, we it's always, the only one I like talking about. <laughs> we could we could totally dip back into the original, but um, <clears throat> what was your experience with the Lost World? Lost World. Oh my God! Do you remember the anticipation for that movie? It, it was like the second coming of. I remember I read an article that it was the set calling, uh, comparing it to or equating it to the second coming of Christ, and that pissed off Christian groups. I remember that because they don't believe in dinosaurs to begin with. Oh, <laughs> so like doubling down, doubling down on it. Um. Number I'm, one, I remember that teaser, Something Has Survived, with the footprint. The like, lightning. And broke the fucking planet. I remember da- spending six hours downloading that on dial-up. Uh, <laughs> 97? 96. 96. 96. And, uh, 96, I was 15, so I was getting, I was starting to get a little too old for it. So I was a little more judgmental of The Lost World. Because yeah. I was like, I was getting to be a surly teenager. And I, right. I still loved it, but I was also like, this isn't I think I saw that movie I like expecting. twice. Okay, wait. 97 would have been 10. Okay. Uh... I'm so I, sad we're, we're dating ourselves like this. <laughs> but like the, I remember the one thing about like Lost World was I, I was I was very I'm the fucking kid who loved the sequel. Mm. I didn't have Ninja Turtles one or Home Alone one. I had the fucking sequels. Sequels two because the sequels where they weren't allowed to use weapons. Yeah, you fight with sausages. <laughs> yeah. because the sequels were always bigger and better yeah. and had more. So I remember whenever I fucking saw uh, Lost World, for some reason I liked Vince Vaughn. I can't remember why I was excited. Oh, cool, Vince Vaughn's in were this movie. Were you just really into swingers at the time? I or? don't think again ten. Yeah, I don't know. Your money, baby. You just so <laughs> yeah. money. Um, I remember that movie coming out and Goldblum was the lead. I was excited because Malcolm's my favorite character. Mm-hmm. There were two T-Rexes. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God. There was even rumor that they were going to put a pterodactyl in. So I remember being so excited. Oh, the last shot was a pterodactyl. It's right. Yeah. Um, but then so, they kept retconning that in every movie the pterodactyls break out. completely different. Anyway, sorry. And I just remember when I watched it, I was like, I don't think I noticed right away because again I'm 10 that it wasn't a solid flick I remember being very confused because it's so dialogue heavy that oh, movie yeah, yeah. there's a lot of scenes where it's just like Roland Tembo talking to Malcolm who's talking to fucking Hammond Jr. and they're just it's it's preachy dialogue after preachy very dialogue very hunters versus gatherers very preachy about naturalism oh. conservative uh, conservative not conservatism what's the word conservationalism uh. versus hunting yeah, and Malcolm, uh, like he's like Jack Sparrow, where I'm not sure he can hold a movie as the main character. Especially whenever you throw 
show and his suspiciously black daughter. I I, I love the idea because like I still do argue this to this day that the '90s we almost fixed the world, but then horrible people like Steve Bannon ensured it stayed horrible. Because I like that in the like in 1997, it was like my daughter's black. Could be an adopted daughter, could be a stepdaughter. We're not going to say, and right. everyone was fine with it. No one cared. Now you make a character's daughter black, and the internet explodes of morons screaming at each other. It's like we were almost there, guys. We almost did it. They gave a pass to Michael Keaton's daughter in that Spider-Man flick, so. Maybe well, because I think because the actress is actually only half black, so I think that was the, uh, I think that was the, the, well, she is only half black, so that makes sense, and the mom was black, I think that was why people didn't scream too hard about it, but people did scream that Liz Allen was not white and blonde, what, what color is hair was Liz Allen in the, in the comic, I don't even remember, but people did complain about that. Okay, so yeah, yeah that's not the best example. <laughs> people are just the worst, we all, we know that already, but... <laughs> But um, yeah. I I don't know I I I just I remember when I, even as a kid, the scene where the T Rex is running around eating dogs in San Diego. Yeah, I remember being like, this doesn't feel. I mean, I'll, I like it, but this doesn't feel right. No, it bugged <laughs> me that he was slurping up chlorinated pool water. That's <laughs> such a weird that thing. Was, I was like, yeah, because it's a very delicate animal from right. millions of years ago. But um, I think that was the first time uh, John Williams' score really disappointed me. I I really dislike. The, the Lost World theme. That's my shit. <laughs> I, I bought the album. It was it was so cool because it came out, it was all cardboard and had pop-ups of the dinosaurs oh, cool. and shit. It was like really neatly, uh, awesomely designed little album. I bought it, I put it on for the first time, listened to it and went, well, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I think the track... Um, it's like Sarah to the Rescue or something. The track that played over the Raptor attack at the end. I've listened to a billion times with the bongos. Yeah, yeah, that one's sick. That that one, and that's what bums me out about that movie. That's another thing that just the Raptors. Rescue, Sarah. Sorry, the Raptors just got pushed to the fucking back of that. They're one of Cameo. the cameo. Yeah, it's like they're one of the best parts of the first movie, mm-hmm. and literally all the best shit you see in the trailer, like when it flies out of the grass. I love that that black dude starts screaming up at this guy before it jumps. Long in. <laughs> before it jumps, I've always laughed at that. So he was—he just like the constellation Leo shouldn't be in that part of the sky. Like he wasn't even screaming uh, at, a, at a raptor. <laughs> Do they ever show Ajay die? No, he dies off camera. His, off camera. His, little, his his unspoken but heavily implied gay lover. Um, yeah, he dies off camera. That delete. You ever seen the delete scene where it's Roland Tembo and him in a bar? Yeah, it's, it's there's very... so many dick hit jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which adds to the Spielberg's obsession with butts and dicks. Wait, are there dick hits in that scene? Yeah, because when after, because he's like, oh, I could do it with one hand tied behind my back, and he knocks him out. You're and then when his friends pick him up, each friend grabs a leg and they walk his dick into a pole. It's so stupid. <laughs> Man, Spielberg dick hits. It, it, yeah, there is a resident. We gotta go through these. Man. We gotta actually. We could write a whole essay about Spielberg's weird obsession with genitals. It's very strange. strange. I mean, just look at E.T.'s finger. Uh. <laughs> it's true. There's a lot of like. Okay. Yeah, it's starting to bum me out now. <laughs> and, and when you add on the layer of how him and Lucas just lapped up the idea that uh, the backstory was Indy bedded Marion when she was twelve. Yeah, yeah. It really yeah. makes it even weirder. It makes it really strange. Yeah. Um, on a lighter note, correlating Spielberg movies, <laughs> you know what I really does? It took me a while to notice it, but uh, rewatching Duel, mm. that oh, the T Rex cool. is modeled like with its tiny. They really lean oh. on it in the Jurassic World movies mm-hmm. with its tiny white beady eyes and its brown kind of off color skin. Is clearly like Spielberg being like 
You know what's really terrifying? A giant thing trying to kill you that you can't negotiate with, like yeah. a truck or a shark. Yeah. And it became like this running theme of like these unstoppable monsters, yeah. you know? Oh, for sure. Duel's so inspired. Oh, or have influenced. Duel's amazing. If no, if you haven't Sugarland seen Duel. Express, amazing. Oh, oh, I was just saying to anyone listening, if you haven't seen Duel, see Duel. Pause this and watch Duel come yeah, back. And then come back. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah, it was great, right? Duel's fucking amazing. Fuck, it's like that Jurassic ra- Park with a truck. Yeah, and that awesome railroad track scene. That's one of my favorites. Because, like, it's simple tension. Dude's at a fucking train. Right. Pairs yeah. down. This truck somehow ninjas up behind him. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, what are you going to do? Unless you just get out of the car, then you're fucked. Because this yeah. dude could just run you over. It's so, so well written, that scene. He used, I think, from the original The Lost World or another early dinosaur movie, he used the dinosaur scream of being yep. thrown off a cliff for duel. What, did he use that in Jurassic Park? I'm trying to remember. He uh, oh, that in Wait, somewhere. you mean the sound of... Oh, the, that was Jaws sinking. He used the same sound for the truck dying It's Jaws also sinking. I think it's also meshed into the T-Rex roar, though. Okay. Yeah. There's, that, there's a noise whenever the the truck goes off the cliff this groaning metal sound yeah and whenever Jaws explodes he gets the same sound as a dinosaur sound. from like a 30s movie uh yeah I think it is Lost World the OG I think it Lost is. World yeah um and yeah it's also kind of blended into the T-Rex or I also yeah. want to give props to the people who are either dead like Stan Winston or otherwise John Williams one of the greatest fucking scores like two oh, yeah. of the most memorable themes John Williams our Beethoven he's our Mozart yeah, right he's, yeah. he's deconstructed music to a point where it's he's it's, beyond brilliant those two themes of that movie are so into the main like welcome to Jurassic Park oh, yeah. theme. Journey and, to the Island I could listen to it, over and over again it's so good um, and like I, he's one of those dudes that just fathoms deep like you're like where are you gonna go from here and then all of a sudden he comes up with that and yeah. like, you nailed it that's exactly what dinosaurs yeah. fucking sound like you're 80 like. years old and you wrote Ray's theme and it's yes. great like, oh, he, god damn it did you ever notice though that he it always bothered me that he upped the tempo for uh, The Lost World so it went dun 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 Oh, did it? It sped up a little? He sped it up and it really bugged me. And anytime anyone covers it, they do the sped it up, speed it up version. And it bugs the shit out of me. Well, it can't be as bad as what fucking Giacchino did. The fucking The Lost World theme. Oh, having it just slip in as the raptor attack? It sounds like the... No, it was one part where it's playing and it sounds like the CD skips. Or is that number three? That's three. That's part three. three. Don Davis did three. Don Davis, yes. And he... Fucked it up so yeah. bad because I like Giacino's Lost World score. I think he does. He gets uh, Williams's pacing. Yes, he does. It's a little more uh, subdued. Okay, no, I'm, I am thinking of number three. Don it, Davis was horrible. It's awkward. It's like, horrible. Really clunky. I think there's a reason he hasn't gotten a lot of work outside the Matrix, and then they gave him a chance with Jurassic Park three, and then he kind of. Mm-hmm. And the other guy I was gonna give, I think I'm 90% sure it's Ben Burt who did the Foley yep. for uh, Jurassic Park. Like again, some of the most memorable, like as iconic as that lightsaber yep. is, that T-Rex roar you can play yep. it anywhere, and people are like, "Oh, that's fucking." But Jurassic it's Park. a walrus, a lion, and something a, else. Uh, I believe a baby elephant. Yeah, and then they put it all onto so they performed it on a keyboard. Yeah. They digitized it and they put it onto a keyboard, and they could play his roars. It's so pr- that's great. Uh, the fucking I love the. The raptor squeal. That's a, a dolphin. Um, uh, what else? Because I just watched the making of it. Shit. It was. Oh, a, did you watch the behind the scenes one narrated by James Earl Jones? Yeah. Oh, did you find it online? No, it was. It's on the Blu-ray. Fuck! I yeah. haven't seen. I taped it off TV. I haven't seen that yeah. one. Sound. He's oh. walking around. Yes. Uh, through the skeletons. Oh, just I talking. love that one. It's so good. Um, what what else was it? It was a do- it was just a conversational dolphin thing. So it was a dolphin. Being and like, just hello. Little things that like having them purr. Like yeah. I, I love the because I was watching it and then like really like taking it apart from like a Foley point of view. Like how do you make these things have presence while doing nothing? Like, yeah, the T Rex yeah. is just lumbering around. It's this huge thing. 
but having it be this pensive, slow purring, it makes it the most unsettling, yeah. vicious thing. And the T Rex eating Gennaro was uh, his uh, the Ben Burt's dog chewing on a toy. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I thought that was great. He just he just was going and recorded it. It's perfect. <laughs> I guess that transi- transitions us into Jurassic Park 3. Oh, well, the one thing I was going to say about mm. 2 was just the switch to putting it on Endor bug the shit out of me. Oh, because I, I, <laughs> Spielberg said, he's like, I understand this isn't like a tropical aesthetic, but uh, I lo- I just, when I see redwoods, I can't think of anything but dinosaurs. So it makes no sense that this Costa Rican island has, has redwoods, redwoods on, on it. it. He just loved the look of it and said, I don't care about the practicality. I can see like the visual aesthetic he was going for like when you see those old oil paintings of like dinosaurs like oh big trees because there trees. were giant trees back yeah. then right but not in modern day on Costa Rica if you were shooting a period piece yeah. in Jurassic World but... it, I remember as a kid it took me a while to figure out why that movie visually feels Didn't off work. and it was exactly and then one day I came together I'm like wait a minute there should be a speeder bike flying into that right. tree this is a redwood forest I think it's probably the, the same. exact same it is yeah. 100% the exact same it's so bizarre I don't I and it's extra bizarre because they go to different parts of the island and they look tropical. Yeah. So That's right, yeah. What kind of continent-sized island are you on right now? Because Site B is supposed to be... I think in the movies it's bigger than Isla Nublar, but in the book it's supposed to be this tiny little outcropping so, of rock. It was never clear to me. So Site B, we're, we're talking about, like, like let's say, for example, the T-Rex that breaks out of the paddock in the first movie. Mm-hmm. It was raised on Site B and then transported over to the park? Well, the uh, the canon on it is they bred seven T-Rexes uh, on Site B and they shipped one over to Isla Nublar. Okay. And Hammond saying, I've been here for the birth of all these creatures was just showmanship it was just Barnum and Bailey okay showmanship because uh, they wrote d- dialogue for John Hammond for the game Jurassic Park Trespasser oh and then they canonized oh. it they said yeah yeah this is official I forgot about the game the game sucked so bad but I loved it so much oh the Super Nintendo one I never had a Super Nintendo I, oh. I played I was the Sega one I played okay. the sh- I spent more hours than I can remember as a raptor on the Sega game. Was that the Genesis for number two? Uh, Gen- Sega Genesis number one Jurassic Park. You could be the dra- the raptor. Or oh. The, and then uh, part two was a PlayStation game. Yeah. Where you could you started off as a compy and then you worked your way up. You were a compy and then I, a I remember playing the human. level where you were T-Rex because you had to knock people at the high high. That was the so PlayStation one, yeah. Oh, that was badass. But then the T-Rex was bright green. Yeah, It was right. always weirded me out. The Super Nintendo one was a fucking nightmare because you were Grant and you were armed with this electric gun that just kind of shot these little... Yeah, it was it, top... It was like it was, a, Yeah, it was like Zelda. It was right. like a top, uh, top view one. So, um... It was, first of all, a useless goddamn weapon. The Dilophosaurus were pains in the asses. And then every now and then, like, oh, if you yeah. went to the raptor paddock, you had to find the uh, night vision goggles before you okay. went in. Because otherwise it was just all black and you hear, ook, ook, and you'd start dying because Dilop- be yeah, raptors and Dilophosaurus are killing you in the dark. Jesus. It was one of the most, fr- it was like a big puzzle. It was one of the most frustrating, boring video games I've never had an Nintendo, the only Nintendo I've ever owned is the very, very first one. So mm. I, I never, I was always Do you remember, um, did you ever see for Sega CD, the Jurassic Park game? Where was that one? It was, uh, it was like a point and click thing. Where it would you just click where you wanted to go, and then it would do a okay. little uh, anim- animation where you transition to the next scene, and you, it was almost like Mist or Riven, mm-hmm. uh, but on Jurassic Park, and it was the worst game ever. It was the lamest fucking game. But I how do you I, fuck up so many? Oh wait, there was. I was gonna say, how do you fuck up and not have one good Jurassic Park shooter game? Oh yeah. Oh, that is one of that my favorites. Great. And I love the original Sega Genesis oh, yeah? uh, Jurassic Park game. I love it. But I to this oh. day, I would literally, if anyone, because our friend Hewan 
um, the, works on video games, and I'm always bugging him. I'm like, you have input to this world. Can you please convince someone to make an open-world survival horror game set on Jurassic Park? Yeah, yeah. I would kill for that game. That would be really fun. I would do anything for that game. Just to be able to just zone out and walk around Isla Nublar. Set it like a year after the 93 movie, too. Because I know they will never do that. It's all Jurassic fucking world now. Right. But I would love to like see the visitor center all overgrown. Right. And everyone always says that there's no raptors left. I, I was watching so many specials and everyone talks about the three raptors are dead, right? The T-Rex kills two and two one's caught in the freezer. The freezer, yeah. Everyone seems to forget that the baby that was born, the Grant held and asked if it was a raptor. Yep. And he was one egg among a clutch a bunch of, of eggs. Okay. They would have hatched and been on the island. Okay. Would they, would they not have? Man, that was just like front and center, but I was about to disagree with you. Like, yeah, no, they're all fucking dead, but you're 100% right. right. It's, it's right there. So, And they would have been little, they would have been babies, and they say they're lethal within six weeks, so they would have been, had the, it's like a turtle being born on a beach. It has the wherewithal to survive. Hmm. So my assumption was all, and now it's all moot because Jurassic World hit reset but I always assumed those guys were going to show up again that but pack they, of raptors yeah but then they never went back to Isla Nublar until Jurassic World it was all Site B <sighs> Site B did you read the books? I read the first book the second book is Michael Crichton's like uh, it's the cough that leads to cancer of how his books kind of started to suck because The Lost World is the first Michael Crichton I remember as a kid reading it and I was like huh there's a fuck in here Weird. Dodgson says fuck constantly. It was mm. the first time Michael Crichton had put a fuck in one of his books. Okay. Because I went down the Michael Crichton rabbit hole after Jurassic Park and I read every single one of his books. Okay. And then Lost World came out and I was like, oh, this kind of sucks. And then every book sent like Pirate Latitudes and uh, Micro and uh, all, oh, I can't even name them now. They all kind of sucked. It's okay. He's dead. He's dead now. I don't, not to speak <laughs> ill of the dead, but you, your time was the 90s, man. Like 80s and 90s was your time. Also, the Lost World book is more of a sequel to the film, is it not? Or Weirdly do they, enough. Because in the book, Hammond's dead and Malcolm's dead, and they're both lead characters. And then, well, because it's kind of, it's both, because the, the, they treat the first film as if it was the news report of the events that happened in the first book. So Malcolm says, like, the reports of my death were greatly exaggerated. Like, the reports that I died on that island were, were reported too quickly, and in fact, I survived. Okay. Um, the, the only props that I give the book is I love Site B in that book, because it's this tiny little island, and the whole map is in the cover of the book, and you can see how they, like, it's just, it's a tiny little, little stream that goes through a tiny little outcropping of an island with a little cliff and a little um, uh, field and it's so small that it, the claustrophobia of it mm, gets you so terrified because right. you can never be more than a couple minutes away from any given dinosaur that's why I like the way they describe it in that one part where he's like all the herbivores are on the outside the predators stick to the interior to I'm like the that interior. is so fucking terrifying the idea of this tiny island just in the middle is all, all predators like that's horrifying but then visually though in the lost world the island seems huge right, right? but I don't because I know it's not supposed to be but they shot it on like so huge California right that a wagon can dangle off a cliff but right. not as huge as the giant floor-to-ceiling glass window that somehow takes up the entire... What the fuck? That scene makes no goddamn Despite sense. Despite it making no sense, that was one of the most suspenseful scenes, I think, in any Spielberg movie. Aside from, like, um, what's the movie he made about the uh, the, the guy, the, the Jewish guys retaliating over the bombing at the Olympics? Uh, not fucking... Uh, uh, the Why one, am I blanking on that? Uh, with Eric Bana? Yeah. Um, fuck. The scene where they have the bomb hooked up to the guy's phone is one That's of the most suspenseful. That's awesome, yeah. But I have to argue that Sarah Harding on the glass as it starts to go... As a, you're not thinking as a young person you're not thinking about the logistics of that glass being in there I also love the fact that the end, the back end of this fucking thing fell off, fell off. 
It just fell off. Just it didn't take a lot of no, like the logistics made no sense, <laughs> but the suspense was still palatable. Because <laughs> I think they show it whenever what's her face is up in the trailer whenever he finds Kelly in there they show the back of that thing and there's it's no giant glass yeah. fucking anyways no it makes no sense it, may, it, <sighs> makes, it makes about as much sense as the T-Rex stepping out of a 50 foot gap onto the road in the original Jurassic Park and then pushing a car over it the other one that drove me nuts I know it's explained in the book that there was also I think a raptor on the uh, on the venture that crashes into the pier at the end but it oh, always... in the book that no, no, there's no mainland stuff in the book it is completely confined to. I'm sorry, maybe then the script, maybe. Um, uh, they've always claimed it to be the T Rex because uh, he. But the hand was just. That's yeah. uh, just. There was a uh, hand attached to the steering wheel of the venture, but Spielberg, after, like, still to this day, says, "No, no, it was just the T Rex." I just thought it looked cool, <laughs> right? Because the whole idea is he got out, and then they tempted him back in, and the guy died closing the door. That's why they found the guy dead holding. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, but the like the, the the hand just bugs the shit out oh, of me. Oh yeah, it. no, it agreed. Makes no physical fucking sense. There's so much incredulity in those movies. <gasps> I like, I love. Like, there's always that fine line of we can't be too real. We have to think of the, the enjoyment first. But those movies do go a little too far with which it. Which brings us to number three. Which brings us to number three. <laughs> the shit, sh- Alan. Um, Alan. Alan. <laughs> Why is Alan Grant picturing a dinosaur he's never seen before? Uh, <laughs> That's not the first of my problems with that movie. No, I, I was so excited because Grant was my favorite character. So I was like, oh, Grant's back. I'm so excited now. And it was just... When I was a kid, I remember... Unimaginably bad. When I saw the runtime was 80 minutes, right. I was like, that's not good. That worried me as well. Yeah. Oh, man. And the whole, like... Because apparently like, the, the uh, chaos behind the scenes of that movie is... It's chaos. Uh, was insane because they shot they started shooting without a script they were just shooting stuff they were coming up with on the day hoping to kind of craft a story out of it and it, it, is it, that why William H. Macy says Gersipta plots yes there's a lot of improving going on a lot of last minute decisions because they designed the whole thing around a script and then the script was thrown out and so they had all these set pieces for a script where it was going to be like Alan Grant was living on the island like Robinson Crusoe and then a kid, and then, uh, oh, fuck. Man. Oh, hence, like, the overturned tanker set. All that stuff. And uh-huh. so they had all these, they spent, you know, a year. We have to write a kid in. We need some sort of kid. They spent a year building everything, so they're like, well, we got to now just work around what we got since we threw the script out. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's insane. So that movie's essentially Jurassic Park improv. Basically. Joe Johnson's Jurassic Park improv. Now, so was Spielberg, I don't know a ton about that flick, because honestly, it's not worth knowing it's horrible um <laughs> what so did they did Spielberg walk was he just like I'm out I don't I don't really want I don't I'm not a sequel guy to be I honest think, with you yeah cause he only made like we were talking about this earlier he only made Jurassic Park to get funding for Schindler's List and he only made The Lost World to get funding for Amistad and he just didn't have any reason to go back to it he was like I'll produce it I'll profit off it but I just don't think he had no reason to go back to it and I guess everyone I guess this is common knowledge now that George Lucas did all the post-production on both those films. So Spielberg shot the film. He worked with Michael Kahn as editor to get the picture lock and then handed it over to George Lucas to go work on Schindler's List and Amistad, respectively. He did the exact same process for both. Mm. So everything aside from everything aside from the actual shooting and editing is all Lucas. Oh. Every decision made. It's very odd. Interesting. And uh, Jurassic Park 3, he just was like, here you go, Joe Johnson. You don't entire. You made one good movie, I guess two. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Rocketeer. 
punish one of the kids is a delight, sir. How Other than you? that, I mean, we don't we see eye to eye on Captain Captain America, First Avenger, yeah. but I don't think he did a lot. Very Jumanji. Hey, listen, that is one of the holy grails of Kirsten Dunst's very <laughs> thick and turgid career. Sir. I think I was a little, I, I was a little too old for Lost World in '97. Jumanji, what year was Jumanji? '95, '96. I would say '95 or '6. Yeah. I think I never got because there goes that boom of like, look what we can do with yeah. computers, bitch. I remember it's a little. I was such a like a hipster asshole even as a kid that I, I saw Jumanji and was like, this doesn't look real, man. All the doesn't look like Jurassic Park. Fuck this. Robin Williams. Yeah, I get, maybe I didn't... I think I started to like Robin Williams as an adult. Because I used to watch Mork and Mindy as a kid. Because mm. I was obsessed with old TV as a kid. I watched F Troop, Mork and Mindy, uh, Dick Van Dyke Show. Weird. I watched tons of old stuff. <laughs> so that explains why the fuck you were a hipster kid and then you are fucking like... Before hipsters existed. Yeah, exactly. When you were like Which 12. is the ultimate hipster thing to say. But no, we... Because uh, uh, as the story goes, and I could be wrong on this because I was very young when it happened, my father was in construction. He did a job at a place where they manufactured or produced or sold satellite dishes. So part of his bonus was he got a satellite dish. Oh. So as a young kid, I had a satellite dish to play around with. And uh, two great stories. One is I grew up on Nick at Night. So it was yeah. Mystery Science Theater 3000, Dick Van Dyke Show, uh, Flintstones, F Troop, 70s Spider-Man. Um... All that weird shit. And the other one is if you went, and I even remember the number, G2, channel 14, I believe, okay. was the Playboy channel. <laughs> but it was scrambled because you had to pay for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you hit up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down between the two channels really quickly, sometimes it would pop in. <gasps> no audio, but the video would pop in. What? Yeah. You hacked it? So I hacked it. Oh, my God. But one time I was doing that, and the system just grinded and it got stuck on the Playboy channel. And I was like, no fuck, way. fuck, fuck, fuck. And my parents were going to be home in like a couple hours. Plug it. So I went to unplug it and I got electrocuted. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I, I was panicking and I went to unplug it and <laughs> my arm seized up and I was like, gah, 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 and I stepped back and was all fucking fried from it. And it, was, it just went and shut down. So then I, <laughs> So then my parents got home, and I was like, I don't know, I was just flipping through, and it got stuck, and I th they must have known. They just they were like, you, you know, you're on the Playboy channel, but they must have known, but they never said anything. So about wait, it. you got electrocuted, but it was still on the screen when they came home. No, it wasn't on the screen. Oh, okay, it was it was just stuck on that channel, but it was scrambled. It just got stuck. So it's fucking. It was it was ridiculous. That's amazing. Um, God punished you for your sins. For my sins. <laughs> and that was like 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 early nineties Playboy. So there was, that wasn't even vagina Playboy yet. That was just boobs. <laughs> Greatest <laughs> soundtracks ever. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. But uh, so yeah, Jurassic Park three sucked. There's not much to say about it. And then Jurassic hey, man, World. Hey man, listen. Whenever those fucking feathered raptors start talking to each other uh, at the end. Oh, and they three D print that fucking voice. Yeah, that movie is. Insane. And it didn't even sound like the the, the raptors. <gasps> I don't understand the point. No, they gave them new noises in that movie to make because they're like, we have no plan for this whistle thing. But the whistle like, thing didn't even sound like them. So they couldn't even line that up. They gave the raptors new noises and then a new new noise for the whistle thing. But I still like the scene of of Grant. Going no, because what is it? Grant says, like, "Give me the whistle," and he grabs the whistle, uh -huh. and then he goes woo into it, and they don't do anything. And then William H Macy goes, "No, no, call for help." 
And Alan actually goes, hmm, and like acknowledges it. <laughs> and then goes, it makes a different noise. And all the raptors start looking around, going, what, what? And they, and it's the stupidest <laughs> thing. Call for help. Yeah. I think that's why he's here, you know, because that's why he's there. He fucking sells furniture and shit. So apparently, that was his job. Something he was, because uh, uh, the phone, the ringtone. Do, 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 do. What was it? It was like, what was his name? Kirby. Kirby Tile and Paint or something. Oh, yeah. Mr. Kirby. Mr. Kirby? Mr. Kirby? That was unfortunately my introduction to William H. Macy, and I was like, Ooh, I fucking hate this that's guy. That's a horrible introduction. I know. It that's... took it took Fargo for me to be like, oh, God, this guy's amazing. But, yeah. like, I remember watching that movie and be like, why is this ass clown in Who this is this? Why movie? is he even in here? Um, and then they waited 15 years and came out with Jurassic World. And what that's... was the incentive? Was this that whole, this whole new retro thing? Like, would that's, that's I just, think so. They were like, yeah. people are always going to love dinosaurs. Yeah, I guess. And I imagine we're, because we're, we're, we're doing Fallen Kingdom in two weeks, so we're probably going to really get into Jurassic World then. But to kind of scratch the surface of it, I think it's fine. <laughs> I'm not offended by it. I don't hate it the way I hate Solo, because it just felt like they were at least trying... You know, they were at least trying to make to recapture the spirit of the original. They just didn't do it too well. But I, I don't them... see it that way at all, though. Yeah. Like honestly, it just it. The most interesting part of that movie was seeing the park as a functioning park. I, that's what's great. Yeah. Um, but the second the dinosaurs get loose, you're like, I couldn't. Like, you know what it is? That whole movie to me feels like the scene where that woman's getting tossed around by the the. I things. love that scene. I'm like, it's it goes on way too long, and then you know she's gonna die, so it's predictable. So the same thing, that whole movie is just it keeps lumbering along this fucking trail of like we're lost in the park, we're doing weird bad um, uh, quips, like we're trying to be a Marvel well, Chris movie. Chris Pratt shit. was not good in it, and, you, and you're it, not wrong about any of this. It's rough. Like I just I don't know. Like halfway into it, I'm like I couldn't give less of a fuck about any of these characters. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know if there was a subliminal image like Tyler Durden style cut in every six frames. That, that I don't know what it was that made me I honestly it's inexplicable it's like enjoying snails or something you know it's like I don't know it's just my tastes enjoyed it I don't know why because I'm such a critical asshole yeah. and stuff but I, maybe maybe just a combination of it had been 15 years it was better than part 3 maybe that was it was kind of it had that going for it and I just the music was all there Giacino was doing it justice mm. and I really like that scene where, where she gets grabbed by the pterodactyl and then eaten by the mosasaurus I remember that was like the Spielberg like just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse you know approach to Whenever filmmaking I was uh, I, the first time I saw that movie we mm. wanted to go see it was me and my buddy I think we are seeing Doug Stanhope that night me and my buddy Adam so we're like we're gonna meet up early in the day and we're gonna go see Fury Road then we're gonna get some whiskey and we're gonna see Stanhope it's gonna be a fucking awesome metal day so we get to the theater, and I think Fury Road was either sold out or it was Thursday, so it wasn't playing anymore. And okay. we're like, fuck. So then the only other thing playing was Jurassic World. That's and a bad way to go into it. It yeah. was like 11 a.m., and we're like, fuck it. So we were there like 10.30, so for some reason we went to the Jack Astors across the street, and we just started slamming whiskey because we knew the movie was going <laughs> to suck. We were like, okay, we're gonna, I think we had a flask or something. Like, we'll take a drink every time something ridiculous happens. So... We were sitting there, and like halfway in, like already we're pretty hammered at the beginning. Again, it's like not even noon. <laughs> like, it, like it, it was because we were seeing Doug Stanhope. We're, we're gonna do justice. It was good day drinking too. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this total Arrested Development. Like let's watch a dinosaur movie. Right, right. So uh, I'm just watching it for Star Lord. 
and who Jessica's, was not great in it. He, no, but he had a lot of cool gear. I love that shotgun rifle he carries and that beautiful Triumph bike he drives. Were I you, was. Were you about oof. to call Bryce Dallas Howard Jessica Chastain? <laughs> Is that not her? No, it's Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, fuck it. I'll never get it right. I give <laughs> up. I fucking give up. Not Jessica Chastain. <laughs> um, she, um, we're watching it, and this, this, by the time we get to the end, because we kept doing shots every time something ridiculous happened, whenever the thing was about to get eaten by the Mosasaurus at the end, I just started hitting Adam. I'm like, they're going to do a deep blue sea. Oh, they're yeah. They're going to Sam Jackson. Yeah. And then sure enough, it popped out. The Irex or whatever, yeah. At that moment, I got what the movie was going for. Just like this gung-ho, like, look, the Raptors teaming up with the T-Rex. Isn't this everything you want? But... It just didn't land for me. Like I totally got it, but I was like, "No, nah, this is not. This is." It felt like the, the Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, for me, has that. See that was, I and then eventually I, it kind of tarnished. It's, it's Jurassic World right Jurassic away. Movie. I was like, "Nah, I don't. Yeah, I don't okay, get it." Because <laughs> yeah, because I think that's a great comparison. Uh, Force Awakens and Jurassic World hit all those same notes, but I think I like Jurassic Park more. Mm. In, in, as a whole, like I, I like Jurassic Park more than Star Wars. I'm more of a Jurassic Park guy. Than, if you, if I had to choose, I choose Jurassic Park over Star Wars. So I think I'm, li- I'm really? like Star Wars has two good movies. Jurassic Park has like one, one, but that one I would rather watch over and over than the two good really? Star Wars. I love Jurassic Park. Wow. I love. I'm more of a Spielberg guy. Like I love Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. It's it's they're close, but I would put Jurassic Park above Star Wars, and I think that's probably why. I'm like the person who would still defend Force Awakens for the nostalgia factor because I love Star Wars so much. Mm. That's what, I think that's where I'm falling into with Jurassic right. World, where I'm just like, nah, let's skip the music. The original T-Rex comes back. Look, he's got the scratches from he's the Velociraptor. He doesn't look for <laughs> anything like he did, but he's, she. she, she did. Sorry, sorry. She, no, but um, I don't know. I, 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 it's inexplicable even to me. <laughs> I don't get it. Why dude. I like it? I, I do like that Chris Pratt meme that originally that came from it with people calming down like babies in strollers with their hands up. And right, shit. right, yeah. That was pretty great. And I liked how I I was really worried when I saw. It. Maybe that's the thing is because my expectations were so low for it because in the trailer he's dirt biking with fucking raptors but then when in the actual movie and maybe it's too because it came out at a time when like I had I had pets when I was a kid and there was a decade long stretch where I didn't have pets and then I had I have two cats now and it came out at a time where I've just gotten those cats so I was really seeing like oh the the actual animal approach of like taming a tiger is how they're approaching the raptors right. so that's very naturalistic it's not actually like raptor bros it's like a guy training tigers or big cats and I think I kind of appreciated that they at least held back right. and didn't make them like raptor bros I, I give him props for that but overall honestly it doesn't even make sense to me I, I just I just enjoy it I kind of hate you for making us see Jurassic World that, I, yeah, Jurassic we, World time, I hate myself for uh, that fact we had to see Solo on opening day and we had yeah. to see Deadpool 2 on opening day I love this podcast I hate <laughs> again I, 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 I'm a fan of these movies I, I think they should keep making them Dude, if you want to go down like the nostalgia rabbit hole, make Jurassic Park 14. I don't really care. I mean, it's gonna make a bunch of money. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just you know, again, like, I think you said it on the 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 solo, like you know, once you see past like how the studio industry works and what their intents are, you really start to see where the chinks in the armor are. And oh, I, sure, I, yeah. I think that's what it's it's happening with. I mean, this franchise for a while now. I think it's happening with all these movies. We're just yeah. getting, we're just getting too old. <laughs> we're getting too old. That's and uh, yeah, we're on the verge of actually understanding what nostalgia is beyond the dictionary definition. And I think maybe that Jurassic World ticked me there a little too, 
Because you know you can't really understand nostalgia until you're older. Like, yeah, you, Until you're like you're in your 40s that's or 50s point. even, right? You understand the definition of it. But I think Jurassic Park was like that first flick to the balls of nostalgia for me. Mm. I'm like, oh, that's what this is going to feel like in another 10 years. Gotcha. Oh, shit. At least once the summer movie season is over, we can start focusing this podcast on other things. We're just sort of caught up in the... In the summer tentpole blockbuster world. We mm. unfortunately started it at the dawn of the summer blockbuster world. It's but, fun. You know. It's fun. To come come late July, August, we could start actually doing podcasts about things we enjoy. Uh. <laughs> and I think that's a good note to go out on. Alright, that's it for this week. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, don't forget to check us out at spaceactionheroes.com. Um, I guess Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is going to be coming up soon. That's going to be. God, that's the subtitle. Fallen Kingdom. It's pretty terrible. Uh, all right. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>